Welcome to LJRE Podcast, podcasting with the real estate experts. Welcome to Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts. Our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are there out there in the business. Because brokerage sales really is a team effort. And as I always say, it takes a village to get a deal done in this in this industry. So if you're investing in an income property or purchasing your first home, refinancing an existing property, researching an opportunity, or looking to build a career in real estate, it's important to get a peek into what all these experts really do and what they bring to the table to make it all happen. So normally, as you know, my focus is more on the wealth building aspect of real estate, since here at Luke Jones Real Estate Experts, we work with a lot of residential income property investors. And also, our leasing company, Home Rentals LA, helps our landlord clients build wealth through real estate, as we like to say, one tenant at a time. However, today, we're going to pivot a little and focus more on first-time home buyers. Why? Because buying a home is building wealth through real estate. And from the moment you purchase your first home, you embark on a path of potential freedom through your real estate. However, it's daunting confusing and can be very overwhelming when becoming a first-time home buyer. So in this particular episode, we're going to look into the lending process for first-time home buyers. Given how daunting this process can be, having an amazing loan officer who can help navigate you through the minefield that is the mortgage business is really vital. I'm super excited today to have a wonderful guest on our show who is not only whip smart, but she is also working with one of the most innovative and exciting lenders in the market today. We'll go into more depth about why her company is a major disruptor in the mortgage lending business and how they're challenging the status quo on real estate lending. But first, let's get to know our guest, Miss Samantha Schur, branch manager and loan officer with Movement Mortgage. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Luke. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? Good. I'm really good. Thank you. So um, reading your online bio, it looks like you got into the mortgage lending business back at the turn of the millennium. I did, yes. 2001. I've wow. been in the business quite a while. That, sounds, that seems like a long time ago. So <laughs> what, what got you into this business? To be totally honest with you, I was just graduating from the University of Michigan, and I wanted to get my job, my first job in Los Angeles, because that's where I'm from. Okay. And they were hiring. And I thought, okay, they were doing a training program. It would take nine months for me to learn the industry. And then um, I would be able to have a job in Los Angeles. And so I embarked on this, this journey of nine months of mortgage training. And what I loved most about it was really that I got to talk to people. And so at the end of the day, that's really what I love to do, is talking to people and figuring out puzzles. And that's what I've been doing. So I, I did start in the business in '01. And then I was in it for about six years. I got out during the meltdown and went got my master's in business, worked at a few other companies, and then came back to it about four years ago. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so you so you stepped away from it, and now you're back into it. Right. And when you came back into it four years ago, mm-hmm. was that with Movement Mortgage? It was with another company called Dignified Home Loans, okay. but it was my first time being on the... Um, retail side of the mortgage business. So before, when I was at Countrywide, when I first started in the business, mm-hmm. it was on the wholesale side. Okay. So I worked with mortgage brokers, 
um, to get their clients' deals done. I never talked to realtors and never talked to the buyers. Interesting. And then when I got back into the business, the brokers sort of went away. Right. And um, so now we're basically... During the last big recession, the brokers kind of fell yeah, away and there weren't there was so many no brokers out there. no wholesale lending really anymore right. because there's just so many, so much regulation around having the direct communication with the buyer. Mm -hmm. So now I work directly with buyers and realtors too. And so the business for me was, was a change just working, you know, and building a Rolodex of people to work with and get business from, but also just a change as far as working with those those buyers, gotcha. having that experience. So you're with Movement Mortgage. Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about Movement Mortgage and what makes them such a different type of lender mm -hmm. in this very competitive market that you're in. Yeah. So Movement Mortgage specializes in purchase business. We Nine out of ten loans that we do are purchases. And the reason why we do that is because we focus on buyers getting pre-approved for their property before they go out looking for a house. And by pre-approved, it's not someone just like me, a loan officer, looking at their loan details and saying, oh yes, Luke, you're approved. It's actually sending your file with all your income, asset, and um, credit information to the underwriter. And the underwriter is really the one who ultimately makes a decision on your loan. And so the underwriter is going to be underwriting your loan before you go out looking for a property. Interesting. So that really, that's one of the, the main differentiators. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that because that, that really is, for those folk listening out there, that's quite different. I mean, people, yes. traditional lending process is not like that. Right. And, and so there's, there's three steps, right? There's pre-qualification, mm -hmm. pre-approval, and then... Underwritten pre-approval. Pre mm -hmm. so, so tell us, break that down again, chuck it down sure. again. So a pre-qualification is someone who maybe calls me on the phone and says, I make $100,000 a year, I have a car payment and a student loan payment of X amount of money, and um, what can I afford? And I'll tell them what they can afford. And then that's sort of where it stops. It's just based on their telling me what they make. now. So you're not looking at anything at that no, point. You're just having a documents. conversation. Mm -hmm. okay. And then you would, you, you would say, based on what you told me, right. you're pre-qualified. Exactly. And, and then, and then, oftentimes, do the lenders like write a letter to the yeah. to the client you can that get they a can go out there. Qualification okay. letter, but and it's not really worth the paper it it's written hold on, right? Any weight, okay. right? Because there's so much that can be found in those documents, right? That so, that may so not the crucial thing for people to understand out there is that's pre-qualification, right? It's not a pre-approval, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the normal lending process mm -hmm. would would get the pre-approval done when at that point or. Um, it just depends. So okay. if someone asks specifically for a pre-approval letter and they walk into a bank okay. asking for a pre-approval letter, typically the bank will ask them okay. to bring in their tax returns, their bank statements, their pay stubs, things like that. Okay. And then the loan officer sitting at the bank will be the one who reviews those documents and says, yes, this all checks out and we'll give you this pre-approval letter. Then there's always a stipulation in that letter that says an underwriter is still going to review this. So this letter is not a fully underwritten pre-approval okay, okay. Mm -hmm. and that's where the difference yes. lies okay so we'll talk about that in a second because I think that that's where we want to really point out to our listeners where the key mm -hmm. difference is but um let's step back a second so so 2001 there was also that little little recession then right that was to do with the tech kind of right, bubble, bubble. Mm -hmm. um and then and then 2008 the big one and then now 2018 we're due another correction at some point soon so yes. you've been through a cycle but in that in those shifts and peaks and troughs and all the rest of it are there any consistencies or, or trends that you 
have seen mm-hmm. in the real estate industry in general? I think, like you said at the beginning, it's still all about teamwork. It's it's not going to be the easiest experience that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the recessions and whatnot, I mean, everybody worries about what interest rate they're going to get, what they can qualify for. So that always holds true, no matter what you know is going on in the economy. Um, typically, rates might be a little bit higher when prices might be a little lower, but in the market that we're in today, it's the rates are starting to climb, but right. prices are still continuing to climb. So it's kind right. of an anomaly at the moment. Yeah, and 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 it's it's safe to say that despite you know the 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 big precipitous drop that happened in two thousand eight, the mm-hmm. the trend typically is that real estate goes up. Right. I mean, like you know, over the long term, yes, it's a it's a. A major investment, but mm-hmm. it's something that if you do it correctly and you're smart about it, right, can be a legacy for your future and can help you build wealth. A hundred percent, yes. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, let's go back to, to to your process at Movement Mortgage and, mm-hmm. and and again explain a little. Let's see if I get this right. So, okay. so typically. You can go get a pre-qualification by having a conversation with a loan officer, and then you can go and take them your, you know, your your bank statements and what have you. And you might get a pre-approval, but Movement Mortgage goes that one step further. That's correct. correct. Okay. Yeah. So what do they do next that differentiates them? So what they do is they send all of those documents to the underwriter. The underwriter will review and analyze everything on those documents. So let's say the wife went on maternity leave. But the loan officer didn't catch that. So she's not maybe making as much money as she was when she was working full-time. Okay. Um, or the underwriter notices that the client has only gotten overtime income for one year, mm-hmm. and you need two years' history of receiving that overtime income to qualify for a loan. So the underwriter is the one that puts their name on this file as approved. So the underwriter is looking at every guideline, making sure all I's are dotted and T's are crossed, the loan officer isn't doing that kind of analysis. And the underwriter, they do that deep dive and they sort of, they'll go to credit committee or whatever and, yes. and get the loan approved based on their underwriting. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. and, and so that is something that typically happens like 10, 15, 20 days into, other into banks, the lending process? Other banks, 21 days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas with movement mortgage, it happens Right at right the front. beginning. Okay. So if someone were to get into escrow today, mm-hmm. let's say, okay, and they were going with a regular bank, they usually, a realtor will write up the purchase agreement saying they have 21 days for loan contingency. So the lender can will have to come back in 21 days and so say whether that loan is underwritten and approved. That's the typical contract that's sort of written on there. And most, mm-hmm. most realtors were check. Yes, no problem, 21 days. Right. But at movement... A file goes into escrow, or a client goes into escrow, and that loan is then underwritten at movement in six hours. What? So six hours versus 21 days. So the advantages of that are, number one, you as a buyer have all that stress relieved from you because your loan's already underwritten. Right, right. right. So you don't have to wait for 21 days on pins and needles. And now on day 21, if you're with a regular bank and they say you can't do it, there's so much at stake, right? Your mm-hmm. escrow deposits at stake. You're emotionally tied to this property. You've already told your kids you're moving in. You're packing boxes. And now, now what are you going to do? Right. right. So right. that's um, so what this really is, makes this us This is a different. huge thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so let's unpack this a little because this is, this is a very, very big, big difference. So mm-hmm. effectively, you'll do all the underwriting up front mm-hmm. so that then by the time the buyer submits an offer, they can write like 
that they're pre-approved, like it's done, if they and want they to, have no they loan contingency? Do, yes, if they want to, they could do no loan contingency. So in my mind, that's equivalent to effectively paying cash. Right. So we help them become like a cash, cash buyer. buyer. And because we close so fast, Luke, so while the other bank is underwriting the loan on day 21, we could have already underwritten it and closed the loan in two weeks. So okay, so th- okay. so this could be this could almost sound like for folk out there, this could sound like it's too good to be true. But but this is literally the way that Movement Mortgage On does it, deal. and it's why mm-hmm. they are a major disruptor in the space, and it's That's why right. your clients are so stoked because they mm-hmm. actually get to submit offers that are super mm-hmm. strong, where they can compete with cash buyers, right. and they're effectively non-loan contingent from the get-go. Exactly. Now, of course. Those underwriters that work with you, um, they're, they're, are they independent or are they in-house? Or they're all in-house, okay. which is also a huge advantage. So okay. I can call them anytime. We can reason through a file if we need to. Okay. Or they'll tell me, I can't approve the client for this amount, but I could do this. So they, right. they think outside the box. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but a huge onus is going to be on the buyer to communicate clearly with you guys, right? So Absolutely. that way, because you don't want to go spin the wheels with your underwriters, and then it turned out to be a bust anyway because... Right. So I'm sure you're asking a bunch of pretty heavy questions up front. We do, you know, and that's why it seems can be daunting Mm -hmm. for a first-time home buyer because they think, why does she need all this stuff? The other bank didn't ask me for that. Well, that's because the other bank didn't dig and do that underwritten approval. So there's a lot of stuff that they didn't look at yet. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. front-loaded. For sure. But the advantage being that, let's say that again so that people understand, is that the normal way, I'm a, I'm a realtor and I've written a bunch of offers and, and typically the way that the forms are laid out, the standard car form, is that you'll have a box that says, you know, loan and the, the typical number is 21 days. Yes. And so oftentimes in a market like this where everyone's, you know, having to move faster, you might adjust that down to like 17, 14, but you have a conversation with your loan officer mm-hmm. and you say, is this doable? And they say yes, and they're crossing their fingers. Right. Whereas with this way, you actually know before you've even written the offer that you're pre-approved. Right. Okay. And so you get that pre-approval letter. So let's say you have a client, you send to me, we get them un- the underwritten pre-approval. Okay, then it takes them two months to find a house. They find a okay. the house, mm-hmm. and you get the accepted offer. And you've written the offer, no long contingency, or however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as that I get that signed purchase contract, it goes back to the underwriter, and their goal is to underwrite it in six hours. It usually happens. Right. Okay, and in six hours, we have another review of the file, making sure everything is still okay, nothing's changed right. with the client, and then it's... Approved right up front there wow. again for you. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm holding here, and you guys can't see this, but but we'll make sure that this is attached to the podcast, and it'll be on the website so you can download it. But it's a very neat um, infograph kind of graphic thing that 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 looks frankly a bit like a a board game. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like Monopoly board, which is obviously pretty apt. Um, but why don't we? So so it kind of you know it starts at the top left, and it says start, and then it then it goes all the way around clockwise to the point where it's like welcome home moving in let's quickly whip through these stages mm-hmm. and you can and you can kind of break it down for us sure um so the first step is conversation right and that's what you've been stressing here too right it all starts with being honest with your loan officer telling them everything about your situation okay great and mm-hmm. then and then then the next step you have a conversation then they submit an application right and it's all online all online mm-hmm. and how long does that take it probably only takes them about 10, 15 minutes to 
fill it out. Okay, great. <laughs> then documents. So they then have to go and provide you a bunch of documents. What what documents are we looking for at this point? If they're salaried, they will provide their last two years of w- W-2s, their last two years of tax returns, their pay stubs. Um, and then the bank statements, they can actually log into their bank account through our app and pull the bank statements right through there. Okay, great. And so, so there's an app, so you can put, pull everything through the app, and then mm-hmm. it's all logged in, loaded into your system, yeah. so you get to see it. And then it says a next step on this little board game thing is his six-hour upfront underwriting goal. Right. So, so tell us again quickly what that, what that yeah. is. So at that so, point, you've got all the documents, mm-hmm. you've had your conversation, mm-hmm. they filled in the application, and then what, you communicate with your underwriters? And I look at everything, okay. okay, and I'll say, all right, we, we're missing this, or there may be a mistake here, let's fix this. And then I prepare and package the file to our underwriter. And then the underwriter will look at the file, usually within about six hours, and give us a decision. So theoretically, within a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then next step says approved with conditions. So, mm-hmm. what, so what, what does that mean? So usually an underwriter will look at the file and say, okay, everything looks good. I'll approve this client. But there may be a few more things that we're going to need before we close. Those are conditions. like um, Just like that client we were talking about, they got pre-approved, but then... It took, takes them two months to find a house, so they're going to condition for the last 30 days of pay stubs because we'll need those in the file. They're gonna right. con- they might ask for um, an explanation about a large deposit. So, mm-hmm. so long as everything checks out, it should be given a full approval later. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then next step says seven-day processing. So right. What's so that's that? actually a huge difference between us and the other banks. So typically those other banks have 21 days on their loan contingency because the loan first goes into the queue of a processor. Processor Mm -hmm. is an assistant, basically, to an underwriter. Mm -hmm. The processor will make sure all those documents are in the file for the underwriter to review, and if he or she doesn't have those documents that she thinks that she needs to have, the underwriter will need to have, then they'll ask the client, oh, I need these few things, right? Then it finally gets into the underwriter's queue, and finally, after 21 days, the underwriter will look at it and may say, well, Mr. or Mrs. Processor, you actually didn't ask me for all the things I really do need. And so then the underwriter will ask for even more things. So that's where the process becomes even more right. arduous. Right. So, so in actual fact, in, in defense of the normal way of doing things, mm-hmm. they're not wasting their time. They're just going through the step-by-step yeah, process, process that they've been taught yeah. how to do. Their process, it, it goes from processing to underwriting. We flipped it. You flipped so it. So our underwriters look at the file first and tell the processor, these are exactly the things that I need. Not guess what you think I'm going to need, but these are the things I need. So in seven days, the processors are going to be ordering verifications of employment, of rent, um, verifying that the client's taxes are legitimate with the um, with the IRS. So there's little things that the processors do to sort of button up the file to get it ready for closing. And and I think I read a little bit about the history of movement mortgage. They started in 2008, right? Mm-hmm. So right after, was it before or after? Because the recession itself was... I think was it was a, during. Was it during? Yeah. Wow, okay, interesting. Yeah. And so essentially, if, if I understand it correctly, it's like you have your underwriters in-house. Are, are they on salary? Are they members of the staff? They are, yes. Okay, and so, they get bonused if they make the six-hour underwriting. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that makes sense. So you're, you're, doing, you're flipping it. You're doing the underwriting first. Mm-hmm. But the way that you do that, I guess, is you have these terrific, motivated underwriters in-house yes. who are incentivized to get mm-hmm. it done quickly. So seven-day processing – and then you go to find your real estate agent. So right. essentially what you're looking to do then is, is to be able to um, enable your client mm-hmm. to be able to go to a realtor and say, I am pre-approved, I'm like a cash buyer, Right. let's go start house hunting. Exactly. Right, okay. 
And then after that, they choose a home. And then after that, going around this little board here, we're rattling through, make an offer. So they'll Mm -hmm. make an offer. And like we talked about, Mm -hmm. the offer ostensibly is as good as cash Mm -hmm. to the extent that it's pre-approved. You have underwritten Mm -hmm. by the loan officer and the underwriter. Mm -hmm. And you're effectively, you don't need that 21-day loan contingency. Right, exactly. And then after that, the appraisal. What's that? Right. Explain. So I mean, we know the, what an appraisal is, but how does sure. that work into your movement mortgages process? So we usually like to order the appraisal within a day or two of a client going into escrow. Um, that way you know what you're buying actually is worth what you've agreed to pay for it. Okay. Right? Um, and so it's something that the client pays out of pocket on a credit card. We order it. And then usually if um, we don't do it with a rush, it usually takes about a week or so to get back the mm-hmm. report. Mm-hmm. And if we need to rush it, three or four days. So because we're in this very competitive market, a lot of the buyers are saying, okay, I, I don't need a loan contingency and I'm not going to do an appraisal contingency because in seven days I know Samantha can already, within my inspection period, have my appraisal back and my right, loan right. written and everything. So, so that, that due diligence period, the, the, the inspection period, like when you do a normal purchase there's the appraisal, there's the, the, the loan contingency, there's the approval, the, there's the general inspection contingency, and I just call that like the DD period, right? Mm-hmm. The due diligence period. So effectively, you could do all of the things that you need to do from the lending standpoint within that inspection period it, time exactly. frame. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so for folk out there, again, you can just have one contingency period. Right. That one, like let's say... And let's say you really feel comfortable about the real estate and you know that there's comps because the next door house sold recently or whatever and, and it's a new construction and you've seen a bunch of the, the, the like reports up front. You could theoretically uh, just have like two or three days contingency if you, you want could. it. Right. Not that not that we would recommend right. that because we always want to make sure that you kick the tires. But mm-hmm. but the point here is is that it's not about the lending process. Right, it's We're then about the physical mm-hmm. inspection process. Exactly. So then after appraisal, it says get insurance. So so you what's need to that get your piece? homeowner's insurance, okay. fire things like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the homeowner's insurance and the fire and thing that can happen very quickly. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the final underwrite. So so. So the underwriter um, looks at the file one last time. So that processor has gathered those little things. They also get things from title and escrow to make sure everything looks good for the client. So the underwriter is going to look at that file one last time. They may say, oh, you missed one deposit here. We need to have Mm -hmm. an explanation on that or something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if not, they'll make sure everything is there and they'll give us our clear to close. And and with the clear to close, then we could remove all contingencies. Right. You know, that just that one checkbox, mm-hmm. buyer removes all contingencies, right. nice and simple, makes the seller feel very comfortable. Exactly. It's awesome. And then one day closing. So just from one day after you get the final approval to close, mm-hmm. you can close within one day? Yeah, because what we do at Movement is we get our we can get our loan docs out as soon as we get our clear to close. And then when we send out loan documents, we can also fund the loan. So the client doesn't actually have to sign the loan documents for us to fund the loan. We do what's called table funding. Huh. It's sort of an East Coast thing. Um, right. And because our company is based on the East Coast, they do it as well. So that means, let's say it's a Monday, your client got their loan documents, they're supposed to close on Tuesday. Literally, we will issue their loan documents for them to sign and we'll fund the loan at that same time. Wow. 
That's mm-hmm. another and big be able difference. To close the next day. That's very unusual compared mm-hmm. to the the usually the standard that they sign, process. they have to send the documents back to mm-hmm. the investor. The investor has to review them, and then they say back yes, and we forth can fund. and via escrow and right. everything. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. FedEx. I mean, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then boom, welcome home. Yeah, and you bought your house. Amazing. Amazing. So, and then the last piece here, it says review and referrals. Tell us what that means. Well, we just want to make sure that you've had a good experience and a referable experience so that you can then go out and say how great movement and Luke Jones are. So So it feels like you guys must come in and rescue some deals as well, right? Yes. We do a lot of loan rescues. That's Mm -hmm. funny. I've seen some little fun videos of you wearing like a superwoman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just nicknamed (laughs) Sam the Saver last week. So I decided to just go with it. That's awesome. (laughs) So, so, so for example, someone will, will fall out of escrow because they can get qualified or they just can't even get their offer accepted because they can't get everything done quickly enough. Right. And then they'll come to you guys and exactly. you'll be able to get them pre-approved up front and then boom, they get into escrow. And Right. Um, I've done a few loan rescues recently because of HOAs. So mm-hmm. if a client's purchasing a condo, the condo also kind of gets underwritten. Mm-hmm. There, um, There's a, a, cert, or a certification that goes out that the manager has to review and make sure that they look to see how many of those units are owner-occupied versus investor-occupied, right? right. Or tenant-occupied. Right. Um, how, many res- how many reserves does that HOA have? So we want to make sure as a lender, every bank is going to do it, that that HOA is a strong HOA for mm-hmm. that buyer, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've had a few rescues that I've worked with this year who um, the HOA had litigation, but the bank didn't care what kind of litigation. And then the loan all of a sudden was about ready to close, but they couldn't get a, the HOA approved. So it wasn't oh, even the client. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but movement can do some things about that, and we really look into the litigation and see if it's an issue for the entire building or if it's just like a one-time right. slip and fall, right, right, in which right. case if there's enough insurance, no problem, right? Right. Okay, so we've done a lot of rescues with that. And then I've recently had another one where the client, the bank just said we couldn't do this size loan. We have to have the client put more down, and he didn't want to. And it was something that he found out later on in, within the process, and we were able to still close it in about two weeks. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then because you're a newer company that's embracing, well, not that new now, but I mean you're embracing technology mm-hmm. and you have the apps and you've got like everything feels very young and fresh. Right. You must be appealing to those millennial For sure. millennial buyers as mm-hmm. well, right? And, and these are buyers who... You know, they, they operate online and they do it. They want to, everything immediately. and Right. You know, and then, but there's something interesting that you told me uh, about the millennials as well, that, that they depend on the relationship between who now? So the research that we've done, it just all supports the fact that these millennial buyers start their process online looking for a house. Zillow or what have you. Right, yeah. right. Everybody wants to know, what is that house on the block? What is, what is it selling for? But then they really will reach out to a realtor to guide them through the process and help them close that on that house. And then they'll depend on that realtor to refer a lender because they want that one-stop shop. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's great for us, for realtors. Absolutely. It shows that we bring real value to the table despite yes. all the technology, technology mm-hmm. that's there. You know, we still, we still are that vital point and then we can refer out to you guys yeah. and make it a, a quick, seamless experience. So, well, that's great. Thank you so much for explaining the, the, the Monopoly board mm-hmm. here. I love it. And like I said, we'll have this um, chart available for download on the website and we'll put it on social media. Um, so switching gears, we talked about your step-by-step process okay, of obtaining a loan. Now let's talk about like the market that we're in. Mm-hmm. So... You had a really great little lunch and learn session with us agents the other day, and you were talking about how misleading some of these 
teaser rates can be. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see the adverts on TV and they're promoted and, and, on, and online, you know, pop up on Facebook, it'll say 3.75, you know, right. too good to be true, right? And yet it's important for people to realize that, that there's a huge, there's, there's kind of a range. Right. So right. explain to me a little bit more about what that, why that range is. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into understanding what someone's interest rate is going to be. There's a lot of factors, like what's their down payment, what's their credit score, is this owner-occupied or investment property, is it single-family or is it multifamily? Mm-hmm. So those teaser rates are really just that. They're, they're trying to get your attention so that you'll pay attention and say, ooh, what is this bank? I'm going to click on there and I'm going to apply right now. And then what happens is you speak to someone and you realize that is not the actual rate you're going to get. Or you could get that rate if you pay points. Right. Um, not a lot of lenders are very honest and so they'll just say oh yeah that's the rate but they don't say that they don't comes talk about the, the cost right so as a buyer you'll always want to ask what are the points associated with that rate points mean what every one point is one percent of the loan amount so if you had a five hundred thousand dollar house and you were putting twenty percent down mm-hmm. the loan amount would be four hundred thousand mm-hmm. and so if you saw online a rate of four percent with one point that means you're paying four thousand dollars to get in, that in rate. addition in addition to the rest of your closing costs right. and your down payment so number one you have to make sure you have enough money to pay those points mm-hmm. and number two you need to rely on your loan officer to help you understand does it really make sense to buy the rate down right so without points maybe your rate would be something closer to 4.375 but if you're only planning to stay in the house three four years does it really make sense because perhaps the break even point is five years from now right. so does it right. maybe it didn't even make sense for you to pay all that money up sure front. so so very misleading you know the, the the teaser rate so i think what what can we take away from that i, I guess mm-hmm. it's important to just make sure that that, that you're asking a lot of questions right. from your loan officer does that you know, ask them are you paying for any of my fees what are the costs? Is there any? Are there any points? So sometimes mm-hmm. they'll say, "Oh, there's no points," but there's. They may hide it under a different name. Right. So you want to try to get everything in writing. Got it. Yeah. And and as far as the market right now, I just I, I just saw some quick headlines. So it turns out I think that the Fed elected to leave the the policy rates unchanged mm-hmm. at this last month's right um, meeting. That was kind of expected, right? Yeah. And then, and then the other thing as well that, that I think is really important to, to realize for folk out there is, is that when the prime rate maybe goes up a little mm-hmm. bit or goes down, the mortgage lending business is kind of already ahead of the curve. So they, they, exactly. they bake that in, right? So, right? so if the prime rate goes up, doesn't necessarily mean that your interest rate will also Not go up. Not on your mortgage, right? on your first loan. So prime okay. is related to home equity lines of credit, and that's where you'll see an immediate effect when okay. you raise rates. Gotcha. So... Sounds like the markets have already priced in two more rate hikes for this mm-hmm. year. So it, it, the the expectation is that the rates will go up, but it's already been factored? Yeah, I mean, but rates are still continuing to change every day. It, there's a lot of factors that also go into how the interest rates um, are offered. So we do expect the rates to continue to go up, right? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like everyone's on a bit of a tear right now. Consumer spending has increased solidly in June. Mm-hmm. You know, things are things are you know the the economy is really kind of full throttle right mm-hmm. now, which is which is interesting. Um, inflation also went up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which I guess could could push like rates a little a higher little in the future, yeah. which that would have an effect, right, on right. on on rates and loan rates. Yes, and inflation, the bond market, so. Um, our buyers are really only concerned about what their mortgage interest rate is. The investors who buy these loans on the open market 
um, are, and we're competing with those investors who want to maybe purchase a bond instead. So what we need to do is make sure that their return on their investment from buying this big pool of loans is worthwhile to them. So gotcha. if inflation goes up, we're going to have to increase our rates so that they can have a higher return on their investment despite the inflation. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then it sounds like home prices continue to go up and up. In fact, I'm seeing here that they were up 6.4% for the year in May. Wow. So that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's seemingly supported by the fact that interest rates are still pretty low for, for home buyers, they right? They still Comparatively. are overall, right? Overall, I mean, come on, all of Compared us to people. like 2000, what was it? Like, two, when like I 17% started or something? In <laughs> when I started in when it was around seven, right. seven and a half. Okay. Uh, but my parents, I remember them telling me when they bought their house and that then I grew 80s up in, it or whatever. Was like, yeah, it was like 16%. Crazy. So we're still very, very good. Still right. rates are very, very low. But having said that, pending home sales were, were somewhat down, um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is interesting, um, mainly due to the fact that there seems, like you said, to be very low inventory. So there's not much out there to buy. Right, right. And maybe the, the properties that aren't selling are the ones that are overpriced. Ah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and then it sounds like um, construction spending has recorded its biggest drop in more than a mm-hmm. year okay. um, in June, which... Uh, which is broadly down to some really big macro things like the cost of steel mm-hmm. and the price of, of, of materials right. and the shortage of labor mm-hmm. and all kinds of interesting stuff. So it's yeah, definitely a very interesting market. And we're watching you know, the, the New York market, the European housing market, and I think maybe the, the builders are as well and maybe seeing just just to kind of watch and make sure that, that they're not going to overbuild and then all right. of a sudden we have some sort of recession and... And they're going to be left with all these properties. So. so, so, and let's make sure that people aren't scared of that word out there, recession. You know, because because it 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 happens. It right. cycles. Things exactly. go up. Things go down. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's normal. Um, I think that uh, I love this expression that I heard a while back, where someone said, "It feels like we're in we're in the equivalent of the seventh inning stretch right mm-hmm. now." So it's, sort it's of, true. It feels like you know we we've had a we've had a great solid few years. We continue to be in mm-hmm. a good consumer spending kind of place but the wise folk out there will probably tell you that's a great sign that maybe things are then gonna dip right and it might be a correction it might be a it might be deflation it might be a recession there's all sorts of different things right right right. so but it's just it it's just one of those things that will happen exactly it's it's just uh, it's everything is is related to a cycle so so what what do you think um how will that impact our business in the in the sort of short term, like mm-hmm. over the course of the next year? What do you think mm-hmm. will happen? I think us? a lot of what I've read is that there is a recession coming. Obviously, they most economists are thinking and kind of agree that it'll be sometime fall of next year, so okay. right around you know another year from now or so. Um, but it will be a pretty minor recession. It's not going to be a huge correction like we had in two thousand eight, um, and. That might mean actually mortgage rates may dip a little bit, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, because we're also so related to supply and demand, it's it's very hard to see what's going to happen because still there are so few properties on the market and so many buyers who want to buy. Right, and so people want like a roof values. over their head, and, right. and so people will continue to buy real estate. For sure, yeah. because they know that they're going to outlast the cycle, right? right. They're not going to sell at the bottom of the market. They're going to try to wait right. so that it comes back up again. Right. And it won't and also, be huge. The other thing that I think is, and you know, this is for another 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 podcast episode altogether, but the other thing that I think is really important to remind folks is, is that very, very 
consistently. Each and every recession is a different factor. Right. It's a different thing. There was a tech bubble. There mm-hmm. was a, the lending bubble. Right. Um, there was, you know, so, so, you know, this next one could be a geopolitical issue. It could be all kinds of different things. And it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to affect our sector in the same way that the, the 2008 one did, for Agreed. example. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think for anyone out there, you know, that, that, that is thinking of buying, you know, that the fundamentals are still very good. Mm-hmm. And, but, but you are continuing to compete with cash buyers. Right. And also during a recession, that's where more cash buyers are buying because it's like they have a great, you know, they, maybe they've got great, great cash reserves and they see a softening of the market and they swoop in there to buy deals. Right. So it sounds like if you at Movement Mortgage can get your clients underwritten up front and have them be able to compete for those mm-hmm. cash buyers, then even if the market does turn a little bit, you'll still be ahead of the game. Absolutely. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. So, all right. So as we start to wrap up this, this chit-chat that we've had, let's, let's go from like the sublime to the ridiculous. Okay. So tell me about, and maybe this is an actual real case, or maybe mm-hmm. this is just like, you know, the ideal scenario, but what would be the easiest, most stress-free, simple transaction you could have um i love a salaried buyer right who just gets the same income every month they have very minimal debt they have enough money for the down payment and money saved in the bank for reserves in case they lose their job or something and And they've kept all their paperwork kept all their and all their paperwork is online so when i ask for their tax returns they they don't have to go searching in some box for them no faxing right right (laughs) that is literally they've had it all saved in a nice little folder on their desktop and then they can just send it over and and everything can go very fast for them right Mm -hmm. and so again it feels to me like um the younger millennials who are more used to drop boxes and emails and filing online filing that'd be your dream Right. Dream scenario. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then um, if there was one thing out of all those items that that dream buyer did that made it easy, what, what, what would be the most, the most important thing? Mm-hmm. I think um, being responsive and, and easy to, to reach, right? Responsive. So what happens is I'll ask them for all their documents, but it may take them three months to do it. Right, so right. they they get me everything, and they get me everything on the list. Not three out of five things, but all everything. five, and right. all pages, and everything has to be legible and all of that stuff. And if I need another thing, I can call them; they'll get it to me right then. Not right. well, I have to ask this person for that. It's going to take another ten days, and then you know everything is so time related in our business. It's just great so responsiveness. Really responsive. That was the mm-hmm. word you said. Okay, mm-hmm. so responsiveness. So people that that are very serious about uh-huh. what they want to do, right, and they're on it. Mm-hmm. And they're committed, and they respond quickly. Exactly. So, I mean, this is pretty obvious, but now to the ridiculous, like, like right. and and we already know your answer. Like, what would be the worst type of deal you could have? <laughs> you know, um, I think the the hardest client for me truly is the one that is that is just completely disorganized. It doesn't know okay. where anything is, and just and it's like a huge um, pain to them to have to go find that document, right? And so it, it's frustrating from that point of view. And then... But now, the, the interesting thing is mm-hmm. it doesn't make them any less um, qualified right. to buy a home. It's just... And it doesn't make them any less worthy of working oh, with or buying it's a home. Just getting, but we're just getting stuff out getting of them. Getting it, and it's right. like this huge hardship. Well, why does the underwriter need that? Well, right. that's because... Since 2008, we do have to look at all right. the t- pages of the tax return. If you're missing a couple pages, 
there may be something in there that they haven't seen. So maybe that's something mm-hmm. that us agents can help you with as well, is to mm-hmm. make sure that you educate us so that then we can go and like prep our clients. Right. So then when they're all excited about buying a home, we can have the come to Jesus moment where we sit down with them and say, that's great. But you're right. going to need X, Y, and Z. Yeah, do your okay. homework. You got to. You got to really do every page. So, <laughs> if it was, if if it would have been possible to have that that person do one thing to make it as simple and awesome as the other person mm-hmm. that you were describing, what what would it be? Well, it's the same thing. What we said the first one. It's just to be organized. Just to be organized. Mm-hmm. Well, he said resp- responsive the and first responsive. one. So yeah. so so organized. So maybe the the key here is is. If you are thinking of buying a home mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, you took a long, hard look at yourself and you're like, I'm not super organized. Right. It would be a great thing to do right now. Yeah. To just kind of get your affairs in order and get things organized. Right. Because this behooves them, right? I mean, you could go exactly. with a regular lender and you'd have 21 days. It's fine. But then right. you might not be able to buy the home. Exactly. Whereas if you want to work with movement mortgage, great, but you need to do some homework up front. Exactly. And really, it also goes back to because we are, um, our underwriters, everyone's incentivized about like meeting these goals, a six-hour underwrite and all of that. Mm -hmm. It also depends on that client to provide those things to us quickly. So our process works because we can make sure the buyers will trust us to do what they what we need that we're going to do but also that they're going to do their their share right, right. Of, of the work mm-hmm. amazing so um i think that's a great way to to finish up and, yeah. and hopefully if everyone out there um does obviously want to reach out to you it'll be on this sheet mm-hmm. um and then you can contact either of us as well for any other questions um so thank you so much for thank taking you, the time Luke. to sit down with us today on luke jones real estate podcasting with the real estate expert